Yo, hungry homies, show me the football. Are you ready for live football on your telephone? Do people call it telephones anymore? Producer Kyle, maybe it's just a phone. It's just a phone. It's a phone. With the Yahoo Sports mobile app, you got it. Watch local and primetime NFL games on your phone or tablet all season long. You never miss your local game. You never miss a big national matchup. All you need is the Yahoo Sports app. Go online, get that thing from your app store, get the Yahoo Sports mobile app, and you are golden. Culinary comrades, today's show also brought to you by our very good friends at Le Creuset. I have been using their beautiful and sturdy and refined equipment for years now. Let me tell you, as as a chef, when we talk to chefs, we're talking about sourcing the best quality ingredients, knowing their suppliers, but using the right cookware and tools is just as important, culinary comrades. I know you know this. Le Creuset was the first to introduce color to the kitchen. I love their colors. A pioneer in the enameled cast iron. All cast iron is still made in France. What a great coincidence. Today's show is all about France. They've been making this beautiful cast ironware since 1925 in an original French foundry. Each piece of cast iron is touched by 15 pairs of craftsmen's hands. Those are, that's a lot of hands, 15 pairs. Original heirloom cookware backed by a lifetime guarantee. And I am so ready to take my beautiful red Le Creuset Crock-Pot. It, it was officially fall this past Saturday, and football's on television. Now it's still hot in, in Washington, D.C., but that doesn't mean that I'm not dreaming of chili. I can't wait to get my chili recipe rocking and rolling, my beautiful Le Creuset. You can get free shipping on any Le Creuset piece that may catch your fancy. Great time right now to pick one up. I'm telling you, get yourself a crock pot, get yourself a baking dish. You can get that free shipping. It's at lecrusade.com slash carbs and then promo code carbs. And let me spell it out for you. L-E-C-R-E-U-S-E-T dot com slash carbs with promo code carbs. Go get yourself one of these beautiful pieces of cookware. Hey, 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 taste buds, culinary comrades, my famished friends, we're back. It is another episode of House of Carbs, the food podcast for the hungry people by the hungry people. I am your hungry host, Joe House. We are having today an international kind of flavor, and especially a French-flavored house of carbs. Our guest today, my pal and your pal, if you're a, a, a listener to the to the golf podcast at all, Shack House, Jeff Shackelford is our guest. He is in France. He arrived in Paris last week. He is now in a small town outside of Versailles where they're hosting the Ryder Cup competition, and 
Juliet is just back from a several-day trip abroad where she spent most of her time in southern France. So I thought, you know, if, if Shaq and Juliet, two of my favorite people, are together eating and drinking and enjoying all that France has to offer, let's let's get some input. Let's 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 take this show French for a minute. So that's what we did. Uh, food news this week, of course, has lots of Juliet's tales. She was also in Monaco. She was in London. And we have uh, 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 an interesting question to put out to all the hungry homies out there. What's good at Sonic? But but uh, before we get to that, let's get in that belly with our pal, Jeff Shackelford. Oh, yeah, culinary comrades, hungry homies, my famished friends. What a guest today. He is an author, 11 books, a journalist, senior writer for Golf Week magazine at the moment, uh, formerly of many other very well-known golf publications, and a on television, he's a handsome weekly contributor to the Golf Channel's Morning Drive Jeff Shackelford, welcome to House of Cards. How are you, House? I'm great. Greetings from France. You are presently in France. So for our purposes, the purposes of all the culinary comrades out there, we had to have you on because you are a world traveler with frequent trips to Europe, and I can vouch for your discerning palate. We've had many fantastic meals together. But Shaq, you've been in France since what? Saturday? Since Saturday night. Yeah, I got in Saturday night. And when what was your very first meal? Uh, well, it was a uh, an insane scene Saturday night in Paris. I could not believe how many people were out and about. Uh, so I ended up having to settle uh, for a pizza, which I wasn't thrilled about having to do. I wanted something a little more French, but they, you know, they do incredible pizza here. They love the Italians and they, they managed to, uh, probably one up some of them with their pizza. So, uh, I couldn't believe how crowded the restaurants were, uh, and until, you know, 11 o'clock at night, the, all, all the cafes, it was a beautiful night out though. So why wouldn't you sit out in the evening in Paris and, and take in this unbelievable city? So what what kind of pizza was it? Was it Neapolitan? Was it I know it wasn't deep dish. Was it was it New York style? Oh like, yeah, yeah, what, yeah. How would you no, no, no. Oh, New York style. Jeez, come on, man. We're there's only one kind. It's a Neapolitan. I did this sort of uh, <laughs> uh, Parma uh, arugula basil thing. It, it was it was very classic, simple, but outstanding, beautifully done. There's just I, you know there's something about the baking here that is so extraordinary and, 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 it, and, it, and it extends to pizza crust, it, it, the, the flavor, they get the salt, right. The, 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 the crunch, um, it's never too dry. It's, it's always cooked just right. Uh, and that is the beauty of this. And they just stick to it, such simple values and everything they prepare here, except in the media dining at the Ryder cup. <laughs> I don't know what we've got here, but we're not going to talk about that. Right. So the, the occasion for you to be in France is, is covering uh, the Ryder Cup um, this, this weekend that, that begins Friday and runs through Sunday. Um, I have sort of a, a generic question for you to you know, set the table, as it were. You travel quite a bit for your job. Um, and I, I don't know. what Have you been to Paris before? Have you been to France I, before? 
I have a few times. And uh, okay. I, I have come after the British Open golf tournament uh, as just a, and, and walked around the city in the summertime and, and uh, eaten some incredible cheese at the uh, recommendation of a, of a great cheese shop we have in my hometown in Santa Monica, Andrew's Cheese Shop. Uh, and he, 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 he set me up with a few of the key places here. And, um, but really house it's my, my dining here is, is very simple. Like a lot of people for the most part, it's, it's a croissant and, uh, and, a and a, a coffee, a, a latte in the morning sitting out in the, uh, somewhere watching the people go by and, and then, um, uh, a baguette, a simple baguette at lunchtime. And you just, uh, really can subsist on that. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but then I went all out for one dinner here, which I yeah. Never so done. that you you kind of you anticipated the the question I wanted to ask, which is when you go to a place um, that maybe you've only been to, you, either you've never been to or that you've only been to a couple times. Do you are you the kind of um, traveler and eater that sits down and prepares like here are three or four or five places? That are that are along my my route along my journey that I'd like to stick my head into, or or do you prefer to just arrive and and kind of navigate based on whatever the the local spirit moves you? Yeah, no, I usually scope out a few things just to make sure that there will be some food in the vicinity of where I'm staying. But then I always rely on locals, and and in Paris you definitely have to do that, and people are very happy to help and. The one thing here, the, a lot of the boulangeries are, are, are they're, they're now kind of corporate. Uh, they, they have actual chains and you have the kind of, uh, plastic, uh, color menu with the, the photos. And, and so you have to ask around which are the, the, the local, uh, locally owned and independent. And same with the, the, the bakeries, you know, the croissants really you have to get at a, at kind of a bake shop more than a lot of the the uh, boulangeries because you, you just the difference is just night and day and in, in what you get so yeah i always ask local and the people are, are always very i find the people here to be incredibly helpful so when you when you ask uh local do you have a uh kind of uh, obviously you're not able to you know uh indulge in fine dining for every single meal no. but do you describe a target? Do you describe a food? Like how, how do you um, identify for, for the local folks what it is that you're interested in? Oh, well, here it was just simply I want the best croissant in the walking vicinity here of the hotel. And I got two options. And by the way, House, you'll be pleased to know that I tested both just to make sure. <laughs> the well done. Well done. And the, and the plane at the other. And they were extraordinary. They were, they were just the flakiness, the buttery, light texture they were still a little bit warm and they were they were magnificent and i was i mean it was just simply asking about that and then um you know lunchtime that the baguettes you could just kind of see when you walk by places uh who has the the the, the nicer looking ones but they're, they're so deceptive because it, it doesn't look right you just see this sort of unfinished looking baguette with some some prosciutto and some cheese and and, and that's it and there's nothing on it and you think well that that that's there's just it's gonna be dry and it's not right and then you bite into it house and the the bread is just always perfectly done with just enough crunchiness and then so so moist and fluffy on the inside and then the prosciutto has so much flavor and then the cheese is just oh it's just 
the, the, the different textures and flavors you get out of that, it's just amazing. And you just stand and eat that, and then you kind of go about doing whatever you were going to do. It's, it's, it's an amazing city that way. And you can do this in all parts of the city. It's incredible. Yeah, so uh, you you arrived in Paris, and you were in Paris for, what, two nights, three nights? Uh, yes, for, for two nights in the city, and then the Ryder Cup is out near Versailles, uh, which is a beautiful town, and we've had two wonderful meals there as well. Uh, just, again, just kind of looking at Yelp or asking locals and, and, and saying which one do you like and walking around, and even just walking around and looking at places, you just... I hate to say it, but you can see so much with a menu when when one looks sort of corporate and pre-planned, and one's very local, and um, and the people are wonderful about our lack of knowledge of the language and our hideous pronunciations, and uh, they they get a bad rap, the French. So anyway, so Versailles is where the Ryder Cup is is being held. It's where the teams are staying at a Waldorf Astoria nearby, and um, so it's a little bit outside the city. And when you're doing so what's the name of the town that you're in right now? Well, our our dateline is like four words and part of it's San Quentin, so I'm not even going to try. Guillencourt <laughs> is the uh, the town where our, our uh, Swank Hotel is. And is that where you do have been doing the walking around? No, Versailles, which is about 10, 12 minutes by Uber from from where we're at and where the, ah. where the palace is. So that's where we've been going. And it's just a beautiful, beautiful town. Right. So uh, I know that you were able to um, get one indulgent meal in Paris. Yeah. And uh, I should have mentioned in your resume, one of the things that that uh, one of your possibly your greatest achievement is is co-hosting the Shack House podcast with me. Shack House. A little plug for our own show would be nice. I, it's un- unbelievable. Uh, we have a show up this week with a preview of the Ryder Cup for all the golf fans out there who also might be hungry homies. Um, but you, uh, I know you were uh, in, in Paris for one great meal because we spoke yesterday. Please, but first of all, how did you uh, select this particular venue and then walk us through that meal, if, if you would? Sure, sure. Well, it was my birthday Sunday night, and I did not. Uh, oh, to, my bad. Uh, that, nobody know, told really me. Be tacky, and I decided I wanted to to splurge. So I asked some people, um, and I, the, several recommended uh, Joel uh, Robichon's uh, restaurants here. The late chef. Yeah, rest in peace. I look at what well, you know. If I'm searching, and and so for somebody like me, I'm a snob about golf course design, and we have. We have sort of name architects who lend their names and don't really get involved. So I looked at it and I thought, well, is this going to be sort of a theme thing where he's just sort of lent his name? And, well, of course, that was not the case. And I was assured by some friends in Los Angeles that was not the case. And um, so I read up just a little, but I didn't know much other than it, it is this uh, group of restaurants that he created after his initial Michelin three-star restaurants here in Paris that he has now essentially spread around the world, these uh, ateliers, uh, which is sort of uh, French for a workshop. And it's a different kind of dining experience. And it's it's just an extraordinary thing, though, to experience because it's sort of a blend of <laughs> of, of a, a American-style counter seating with Benihana, with, um, with, a, with a world-class 
dining experience. And so you, I made a reservation. Thankfully, there was a spot for for one, uh, right? And they said get there at six thirty. And you, you, um, the door has no handles, which is strange, but it's 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 right on display uh, at the uh, Hotel Dupont, which is a beautiful, beautiful hotel. The uh, uh, Le uh, Atelier de uh, Robuchon and uh, Joel Robuchon, and so. You, you enter house and you have these counters kind of wrapping around the kitchen on two sides and they have these electric doors that they, you touch a button and they open and you go and you sit down and they seat you. And you look at it, you think, okay, well, this is kind of 80s feeling. Is this, is this slightly dated? But then you, you just kind of go with it. And, and I'm also thinking, you know, get here at 630. That means they're going to be rushing me out. And, and, and it was the exact opposite. Um, so I, of course, did the, the, the tasting menu they have, uh, which is a stout, uh, stoutly priced affair. <laughs> um, but it is, it was well worth it. It was extraordinary. Every course was extraordinary. And, uh, so it's just, uh, you, you have this amazing operation of waiters and, and then there's a chef and they're barking at sh- the chef and the chef's barking at the kitchen. And you're hearing all this while you're having this, this fine meal. But it's wildly entertaining. It's never uh, something you find grating or annoying. You're, you're because, of course, you want to also watch these amazing cooks at work. And the chef, the kitchen is beautifully uh, lit. And and I think you saw some pictures that I put up, and it's meticulous. Um, and but it's not noisy. It's it's fascinating. You you're sitting there and you think, well, this is going to be bizarre. And um, and I think he created this clearly with the name workshop to allow people to see the real craftsmanship of, of food being made. But then, it, and then it just tastes so incredible. And this tasting menu house, I mean, it just covered everything. There was a gazpacho and, um, all these just great little small dishes and their, their, their works of art, the way they're presented, um, unusual ingredients from all over the world, uh, and I just can't highly recommend it enough. It is it is something to behold, and uh, they they uh, also had a wine pairing with it, which I chose. And and the waiter was incredible at explaining each one. And you know, House is somebody who who buys a lot of Trader Joe's wines and and laughed a lot of, in sideways listening to uh, Paul Giamatti talk about hints of strawberry. I I, I actually got to to get those hints of clover and strawberry and all sorts of strange things in some of these wines. Uh, so that set the bar a little bit higher for me, but, um, it's an amazing thing and it's, and it's, it's, it's an amazing thing to watch and, and then again, to eat the actual food. Yeah. I didn't appreciate the sort of performance aspect of it, theatrics of it, the fact that, you know, you're essentially a witness, uh, to, to a show, and that that's the uh, experience that they intend to deliver to you as opposed to now could you experience that if you were there with a group they do have some tables but it was mostly couples or groups of 3 at these counters but they they have it arranged and the and the and the volume levels where you could go up to 4 at these counters but there are a few tables around um the outer edge uh, but the 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 design of the restaurant is really centered around Taking in the kitchen, enjoying uh, watching these people work, and watching the waitstaff work, and and how they're able to prepare this incredible food uh, in, in in a way that um, is uh, 
really unusual and and it's I think it's brilliant because it it, it maintains high quality cuisine but it does it in a in a way that's a little more relaxed and 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 the crowd was fascinating you know you had kind of tourist types and you had people who were obviously incredibly wealthy and a jacket and a tie and a, uh, couples and um it, it's um it's certainly a place that i that i highly recommend and i wouldn't say uh, i could see where people would be scared off saying well i want the little i want the little place that's that's down some stairs and awesome courtyard and I certainly get that when you're over here, and I hope to experience that next week. And I'm going to go to Florence for a few days. But but this experience uh, to get to to taste this man's food, who's who's basically a you know he's a national icon here. Uh, he, he, the French government announced his death, and uh, and then of course an important figure in in uh, spawning so many other great restaurants and chefs around the world. Yeah. So I you mentioned the wine pairing. Uh, I'm not going to require you to go course by course. No, in the meal, no, no. But I would be interested if if you if there was kind of one standout dish um, in terms of like a, a you know something savory, and then one standout because I know you had dessert. We I know that you like dessert. Yeah. Uh, if there was sort of one thing on the savory side and one dessert thing, you know, two two highlights for you from the experience. Well, the uh, they had some. Uh, crab from alaska it was sort of crumbled under a, a creamy avocado uh tomato water infused with curry and tarragon uh and it's just this bizarre combination of things in this crab dish that was amazing the, the gazpacho was uh, had this mustard sorbet um i am not a big uh uh Full gras eater, but I I went with it. I did it, and uh, you know I'm a, I'm a bit of a I'm a duck lover. It's 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 a philosophic thing for me. I'm soft that way. And then the quail was they you had a choice of 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 uh, lamb um, or uh, quail, and uh, and of course they served both of those with their world famous mashed potatoes. Uh, I think they call it truffled potato puree. And house there, there, and that's it's. If you read about Joel uh, Robichon, this is what he became known for. I mean, they're just these butter right. laden. It's this pure puree with uh, very simple potatoes and butter, milk, salt. But he he has this whole labor intensive technique he developed, and where they dry the potatoes and and then they gradually introduce the uh, the ingredients, and you get to watch the person over on the left doing this, and then the way he. The way he, he he attacks the the stirring of it, I mean, it is it is it's physical, but it, again, it's never you're never not relaxed and enjoying this amazing meal. Partly because the wines are are, are just beautifully paired. Uh, they had two reds and and basically three whites. Uh, and then the dessert house, they start you with this, uh, and they by the way, they bring everybody a side order of the mashed potatoes. Because there's just a little smidgen in the <laughs> in the uh, in the the main course, uh, the quail or the lamb or the uh, the other piece of meat. I'm forgetting what it was now. Um, oh, the veal, and uh, and and so they just know everybody wants more of them, and they give you this great little dish of it. But the desserts house, they they start you with this cucumber sorbet with this fresh lemon foam. They do a lot of things with foam. Um, that that just add to the. Not only they look cool, but they just give this extra taste to every little dish. Uh, and then they have this chocolate temptation dessert, 
which was a ganache with uh, um, cocoa nib uh, ice cream. And then I think you saw I oh. put on Instagram, they serve, the, the, you know, the dish, the presentation of the dishes. You, you're so caught up in the food. It's, even, it's really hard to appreciate the architecture of a lot of these plates and um, the different looks even of those are just incredible. But they serve that chocolate on top of this little secret compartment, although you can see into it, of crumbled Oreo cookies. Not without the without the, the the creamy center, just the just the Oreo cookie. And that's underneath. You lift the dish up, you scoop out that, and you can kind of control your your Oreo distribution on top. Uh, it's just it's just this ingeniously crafted thing where it brings together all of these elements: the architecture of the dish, the the flavors, the the taste, the letting the uh, the, the the person eating control everything. It's it's just utterly fascinating and and great fun. Yeah, I I really appreciate that. That appeals to me quite a bit because I'm not um, an enormous chocolate person. I appreciate it and I enjoy it, but this idea of being able to control kind of the the um, the texture and the quantity and the and the ratio of the various elements of that dish in each bite because of the the beautiful way they've constructed it. That is now you're talking my kind of talk shack. Well, and so, it's such a, a perfect way to kind of sum up. I think why people love his food so much uh, that he, he, he never uh, lowers the, the values and the, and the ingenuity and, and the brilliance of, of what he's trying to do in terms of actual food. But there's there's not a snob factor, and and there's an accessibility element to what he does that uh, I think is like any great form of art that you um, that 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 somebody who's a real aficionado, a real snob, a real wonk about whatever it is, can find brilliance in it. But then somebody who maybe thinks, oh, it's going to be some snobby French restaurant, goes there and has the meal of their life. And they're introduced to all sorts of new ways of thinking about food and new ways of thinking about the people who prepare it and everything that goes into it. And um, I just so I, anybody who sees that, oh, there's one of these in Paris and one in the meatpacking district in New York and uh, one in London and this and that and one in Las Vegas, don't be deterred thinking this is just um, uh, and again, nothing against Wolfgang Puck, who, who's the essence of, of food in my city, Los Angeles. Um, but I guess, you know, people can be a little bit funny about celebrity name chefs. And this is just uh, it's an amazing experience. You, you have mentioned a couple of times and I want uh, all the taste buds out there to, to check into it. Your Instagram, you've been doing a beautiful job of documenting the trip so far. The Instagram uh, handle is at Jeff S.H.A.C. So it's at G.E.O.F.F. S H A C. Uh, you can you can see some of these things that Jeff is describing here right now in terms of that beautiful Robichon meal. I I am going to just confess to you, I've enjoyed this France, but I know you didn't. You mentioned it just a, a moment ago here in your description. <laughs> you are headed to Florence, Italy, and that is really what I'm looking forward to to seeing. So. Uh, yeah. it, I, I think it's, I'll let you, what are the circumstances under which you are going there and who is providing you with, with guidance <laughs> and direction on that trip? Well, I uh, like to try to see another city when somebody's paying my way to come to Europe. And so I've asked around and, and 
Prague and Florence have been consistently named as the two cities that of the moment that you really want to go visit. And I love uh, a lot of things about Italian culture. And Florence is known for incredible craftsmen with with uh, suits and shoes. And I wear those on, on my television hits. And so I've gotten to appreciate uh, how those things are crafted. And uh, and then I thought, mm, boy, and I'll, I'll eat. I'll eat very well for a few days after the Ryder Cup. Not that it, we won't eat well here in these beautiful uh, towns around this golf course. And so, uh, sitting in front of me in the media center is uh, Bill Simmons' good old buddy, uh, the great Rick Riley, former Sports Illustrated writer, now writing for the Athletic. Bill uh, has parlayed his fine success uh, at ESPN. <laughs> an outstanding salary uh, to a life where he gets to live part of the year in Florence. And God bless him for doing it. And and I get to sit in front of him. And I told him today I need some tips. And he can wait to give me all the great little places, by the way, that where you go down a bunch of steps and you make a left and then you make a right. And I mean, he was telling me about one today where they're going to be serving me pasta and a big uh, a big uh, uh, wheel of cheese. And I, of course, kind of shocked him when I said, you know, we have a place in Santa Monica that does that. And it's pretty outstanding, California. And he, he goes, really? So anyway, but this will be a little more authentic and I can't wait. I will put up photos on Instagram of my, of my food uh, selections there, uh, the best that I can. Yeah. So we know that you're going to do pasta. We know you're going to do pizza. Is there any, anywhere else, any other kind of uh, um, food group that you intend to attack on this uh, journey? Of course. All things pasta, uh, but anything that that's that's really devoted to Florence and that I can't get at home is what I'm going to be going after. So I'm going with an open mind. I'm going to let Rick give me some some tips, and uh, I also have a few other suggestions. But I think that uh, he, being a, a resident there, uh, I, I think I'm in I think I'm in good shape. I don't want to go to touristy yeah. places. That's for sure. So I can't I can't wait I, for that. And uh, but we're having some great food here in Versailles. You know, it's just really hard to go wrong with with French uh, cooking and French restaurants and uh, people are uh, not exaggerating here when they talk about the incredible cuisine in, in France. Yeah. So I, w one of the things uh, I'm interested in when you're sort of touring around and checking out new places, do you do local produce? Um, do you sort of sample, you know, whatever the local fruit is that happens to be in season? I don't. I don't. Uh, as you know, I live That's in Santa not your Monica. Thing. That's uh, home to. Yeah, it's just hard when you're traveling. I, I live uh, and and attend each week the Santa Monica Farmers Market, and it's one of the world's great farmers markets. And chefs from all over Los Angeles and restaurants from from all over the West Coast uh, sometimes send people there, and so I get very spoiled at home. And um, but when you're traveling, it's kind of tough to do. It's fun to walk through it, you know, and and look and see what things are going on and uh and boy they have some beautiful produce stands in in the city in paris too i mean they're just they're 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 just screaming for instagram photos to be taken of them yeah that I, and that's why i asked because i know just from uh reputation and what i've observed uh, and i believe the same is true of, of florence you can walk around and see you know the the, the freshest ripest tomatoes obviously but um all kinds of produce and stuff that I wouldn't necessarily anticipate showing up uh, at our farmers markets here in the, in the U.S. There will be a couple of ingredients that are a little off the beaten path, so I I, I didn't know if that was something yeah. that you would take in. I'm I'm kind of like you. I would be more inclined to be eating prepared food 
and trying to take in the local culture through, you know, the ways that the restaurateurs and vendors and so forth in that locale have been doing it for hundreds of years. That's a pretty good uh, tried and true method of getting a bite of what the local approach is all about. But I didn't know if you were the kind of guy that liked to walk through the market. And, I am. And grab I, a piece yeah, of fruit and bite down or not. Well, I am. I mean, I don't, I don't, I don't do a full on uh, Vito Corleone and just buy things, you know, randomly and and be told thank you and all that. I, I, but I do love to see a farmer's market in any city, and and you know, it's such a big part of our culture now in Los Angeles, and it tells you so much about a neighborhood. And it's just, uh, they're just, I just love going. To, I go to two a week, actually. I go to the Santa Monica one, and there's a one in Brentwood that's a sensational one, and uh, it's just uh, amazing to see what people do and i think it's sobering for a lot of people to 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 see what you get for the price you get and it's it's almost shocking still how affordable produce is and 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 how amazing it can be uh and we're very spoiled too in southern california obviously uh being close to to a lot of farming regions and then um having weather that is conducive to to great year-round growing but i just love farmers markets for the reason you you note that it just kind of gives you a sense of the local scene. But yes, when I'm there, I'm not doing any cooking. Yeah, I get it. That's right. So uh, last question. Uh, you're going to be in France through Sunday night, so you're probably not off to Florence until Monday. Is there a um, a big blowout dinner between now and, and Sunday that, that's in the cards <laughs> in, in Versailles, perhaps? No, you know, we just we've had two sensational meals there. We've been told about another place. Uh, amazingly, by the way, by the the purveyor of the first French restaurant we went to, you said you need to go there. the The man loves golf, and I said, yeah, but we loved your food. No, 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 go there. It's amazing food, and I mean, he's right down the street from him, and he's trying to send us somewhere else. Maybe he just got maybe we were just loud and obnoxious or something, but uh, <laughs> um, it was all he Americans in the you. restaurant. By the way, it was hilarious how many people found this little spot uh, uh, kind of down this strange little walkway uh, to uh, to dine, and they were all there for the Ryder Cup. So we will continue to go to Versailles. It's just so easy. And, again, there are probably 15 restaurants right there and and to, to check out and, and to uh, – it's just so quaint and quiet and beautiful. And um, so if you ever come here, obviously it's a, it's a great place to – if you go see the palace to stay in, uh, around in the town and, and take in that too if you want something that's less – city like but i still want to get into the city one more time house it's such a it just never gets old paris and in, in, in every way but but the best way to experience it is to to not have much of an agenda and to know a few things you want to do but just just drop yourself off somewhere and start walking and stumble on things and and eat when you feel like it and enjoy the eiffel tower and the river and pop in a museum and it's um uh, it's just a very special place well, I, I love it. That's the perfect way to uh, end this. That's a, a brilliant recommendation. Jeff Shackelford, thanks for coming on today. We, we, uh, you're always welcome here at House of House, House of Cars. <laughs> but let's make sure that we're, everybody's paying attention to the Instagram, that, that Florence stuff. I can't wait next week. I will put it up. Uh, I'll even put them in regular posts so they, they, they live there uh, and don't disappear on the old Instagram story. And I might even I might All even right. dig up a few of the uh, Robuchon. Uh, I, t of course, took a picture of every uh, every course. And by the way, they're not offended by that at all. They know that everything they serve you is a work of art and worthy of a photograph. So uh, and, and they don't mind you videotaping the kitchen and the chef barking and the waiters barking at the chef. And uh, it's it's uh, it's very cool. 
That's great. So uh, in, enjoy the food and, and enjoy the golf while you're there. It's going to be amazing. Tune in. Yeah. Early morning uh, viewing for the, those in the United States, but it's going to be sensational. The weather's going to be incredible. And uh, I'm sure we'll have some very – this is the most dramatic event in Golf House, as your, uh, as our golf listeners know. I don't know if the food listeners know, but it is a, uh, a great way to uh, start the day with a croissant and, a, and, and some, some cappuccino or a latte or an Americano. And, uh, and by the way, the house – one last thing. They, they're, they're burgers everywhere over here. I don't get it. They, they love our food. What's well, not to love? Burgers are delicious, I Jack. I don't blame them. They're smart. Yeah. There you go. Jeff Shackelford, thank you for joining us today, my friend. All right. Thanks, Alice. All right, my famished friends. All my love and thanks to my boy, Shaq. I, ha- I didn't raise this in the conversation. But I'm going to ask him how much he weighs when he gets back. How much weight he put on. I mean, men don't ask men how much they weigh. But I'm excited to hear how much weight he's going to put on at the end of this uh, beautiful trip to to France. Before we get to a French-focused food news with Juliette, quick word from the great folks at Jules Sous Vide. How about this? You can host the most delicious dinner party ever with the Jules Sous Vide. With Jewel, it's easy to make incredible steak, incredible chicken, incredible pork, delicious veggies. You can even make desserts. Now, I haven't tried that yet. That's above my pay grade, but I'm going to work my way into it. The desserts are a challenge I'm taking on this fall. The Jewel sous vide makes it so there is zero guesswork. No food is going to get undercooked or overcooked, and you can host amazing parties without stress. Cooking with the Jewel is hands-free. So you step away from the kitchen, you hang out with your guests, you relax, you take a couple sips, you maybe have a nice cracker, you focus on your party. Are guests running late? Well, don't worry about that. The Jewel heats food to the exact right temperature and then it holds it there. So it's ready to eat whenever you are. Perfectly cooked carrots, mini jars of pumpkin pie, the best Thanksgiving turkey you've ever had, all are a snack. Seriously, if you're looking for inspiration, you can cook from 100 plus step-by-step recipes. The Jewel app is video rich. Get that app, download it, 100 plus. They walk you through very carefully and you're making restaurant quality food at home with the Jewel sous vide. So far, I have had wonderful success with my Jewel sous vide with the beautiful salmon. I'm always intimidated by uh, salmon. It seems like a simple thing, but I hate it when I overcook it. That is my tendency. No such thing with the Jewel sous vide. You just cook it to the temperature and it holds it there. It's beautiful. To get yours, visit chefsteps.com slash Jewel and use code CARBS to get $15 off for a limited time. That's nice. What a deal. Chefsteps.com. C-H-E-F-S-T-E-P-S.com slash Jewel. J-O-U-L-E. And then you use code CARBS. You just enter it in and they'll give you the 15 bucks off in the checkout. Jewel. Perfect food every time. All right, Taste Buds, it is now time for Food News. And it is our old pal, yo, Juliet, back from abroad. How are you? I'm great. I'm back, better than ever. Um, so happy to be talking to you, House. 
Yeah, you're well, I, I it would not have hurt my feelings if you said I'm only medium happy to be talking to you because that trip abroad was so incredible. France, London. It was great. You know. I went Where to, else did you go? I was most I was in France and London, but I also popped over to Monaco, which counts, you know, it's its own principality. Cell phone service not the same there as it is in France. And um, sure. yeah, it was great. Very, you know, just a stone's throw away from Italy. More on that in a minute. And it was fantastic. I, you know what? I love Europe. It's a really great place. I love traveling. I love being abroad. It's just such a great, invigorating experience. And France and England can't go wrong. You pretty, pretty much can't. Now, so where in France did you go? I was staying in Antibes, which is like halfway between Nice and Cannes. So you could go to both. And I didn't go to Cannes, but I went to Nice, went to some other small cities on the water, uh, Villefranche. Then there's a couple. Then like there's like the there's like the the seaside stuff, which is awesome. And then there you go up into the mountains, and there's like just these amazing views. So we went to Aes and um, Saint Paul de Vence, and it was just great. I, I mean, I, I love France. So- and Antibes was really cute. Antibes is like Nice is like pretty big. I don't. I was like surprised by that. I guess most people know that. And Tebe is pretty small, but like still has like all everything you need. It's like a legit place to live. And we were staying. I was with my friend. And we were staying there. Right um, outside of our door was a daily market that like from like eight to one is like kind of like a farmer's market with also cheese and and meat and whatever. And then like transitions to being like crafts, which I is something we need to adopt here in America. Like the farmers market lasts all day. It's just not always food. It's just like but the market's always there. It was really dope. That's interesting. So what what the crafts meaning like you can go buy like uh, pottery and Yeah. And oh okay. And like right. an artisanal so, so lamp. Household goods. No, but like fancy right. soap. Like artisanal art, okay. artisanal goods is the best way to put it. Got it. Got it. Yeah, it was fantastic. So yeah, you, our, our my guest uh preceding you uh, our beloved Jeff Shackelford um, is presently in a town just outside of Versailles oh. uh, for for the Ryder Cup that's being competed this this weekend. And so I had him on because he's been uh, he arrived in Paris on Saturday, and I wanted to get some details about his eating experiences in in France so far. Um, you were in a, in a in a portion of the country nowhere near Versailles, right? No, I was in the south of France, very close to Italy, right. not too far from Spain. Yeah, so uh, different walk of, of life, the, but yeah. it sounds like – go ahead. The Italian influence is very strong. I ha- I mean, there's just like pasta everywhere. Like it's not – Paris is like its own, and I think like the, like the kind of the non-Riviera portions of France are a different food scene than the Riviera. It's like – it's a lot. It's very seafood-focused. It's very pasta-focused. Um and it's not as much, and and then, but there's still like all of like the bakeries. I mean, the bake like the the bakeries are the best part of France. I mean, I, you just wake up and you go downstairs and like you have so many options for like a pan au chocolat or like pan au raisin. Like it's just I don't know, it's so good. It was the the waking up and having a pastry and like not even questioning should I eat this right now is probably the best part of being on vacation. <laughs> That's the part that I that I um, can't really get my head around because it's just not how I I live my daily life. I'm not, um, notwithstanding the name of this show, I, I'm not a carbs person in the morning. I'm oh like my a god, fruit and protein person in the morning. I mean, May, maybe like some almonds or something. But uh, I'm interested in this pasta and seafood thing. So is that what you ate? Is it were yes. those the dinners? Yes, quite a bit. Well, oh. let's see. 
First dinner, I actually went to a Lebanese food, which was excellent. Really good. I love Lebanese food to begin with. And it was like one of the best places in Antibes. And then I had like several Italian food meals that were really good, including in Monaco, where I had like an excellent like pink sauce on pasta. That was really good. Um, And yeah, it was like I had no like classic French food. It was mostly Italian, a lot of pasta, a lot. But oh, this is incredible. Yeah. But then also like, you know, you get like a mussel, you get like like a shellfish pasta, like mussels and shrimp and all that. There's a lot. There's a lot of shellfish. It was really good. Yeah, that that's more my walk of life. Now, I'm not I I love all things uh, French when it comes to the the eating part of the scenario. Um, But I feel like I my first trip, I've never been I've never set foot in the country. What? Uh, I feel I feel like my first trip should be southern France because I think that everything you're describing is extremely appealing. I mean, we're, this is like, you know, 1A, 1B kind of choosing here. <laughs> sure. I'm not uh, knocking Paris. I'm going to make it to Paris. I'm going to go eat in Paris, I assure you. But I just, for, for my first kind of foray to really get the, the experience, I feel like southern France might be my walk of life. It's really great. It's also like just so casual. I mean, Paris is like its its own scene. I absolutely love Paris. It's a great city. I also love the cafe culture of Paris. Like it's just so casual. But like it is a lot like when we think of like French food, that is like Parisian. The south of France is not like this at all. It's much more coastal. It's much more Italian. And also like a, and like yeah. a little what you think of Spanish as well. You know, it's just it's it's uh it's very fish oriented. Well, that all that all makes sense considering the G, 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 where it sits on the on the map for 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 Christ's sakes. Yeah, I want to hear you. I saw on the Instagram you went to some incredible place in London. What was that? Oh my God, Ottolenghi! Ottolenghi is my is my number one. Um, are you familiar with the very trendy cookbooks Jerusalem Plenty and More Plenty that like your wife might have? Not to be too gendered here. I, no, 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 no. Yeah, I, I've heard. I, I'm familiar with Jerusalem. Okay. Jerusalem is like my Bible. Whenever I have people over and like for my big Passover Seder, like I use the Jerusalem cookbook. Like it's the only one I use for hosting. And it's written by, co-written by Yotam Ottolenghi, who has, um, I think four or five Ottolenghi locations in London and then two other restaurants, Nopi and Movi. I've been to all of them except for Movi. Um, Ottolenghi is kind of like what Dean and DeLuca should be if it was actually really good. And it has like a beautiful buffet of baked goods like that are usually in the window. And then it has like a a kind of like a a cold salad selection that you can choose from, but it's like all Middle Eastern or like Mediterranean themed. So it's like aubergine that has like a, like a yogurt sauce on it. And then like, you can also get um, like some kind of like a Pharaoh type of salad. And it's just, it's so good. It's Middle Eastern inflected, but I wouldn't say it's Middle Eastern or Israeli or Lebanese. And it's just like, it is, it is my Mecca. Like I have to go there when I'm in London and I, I love it so much. I was going to a tea, like a high tea at 1 PM, but I was like, I have to go to Ottolenghi. I'm so close to it. So I snuck off by myself and I went and I had like what I was referring to as an amuse-bouche, but it was a full on meal. It was like a piece of acacia and three of like the cold salads that, that you can choose from the aubergine, the sweet potatoes, and then one more, which I'm blanking on. And then it was just delicious. But then you can also sit in and then they have like for breakfast, like they have like shakshuka, baked eggs, like things like that. And then there's also like warm meals for lunch. And it's just so good. It's like, you know, it's um, kind of like what California, it's like a cousin of California cuisine and that it is very produce driven. It's very fresh, like it's seasonal, but it's just like heartier and richer and 
I find it to be more inventive. I just fucking love Otto Lange. Yo, Tom Otto Lange is my guy. He's my number one. He doesn't know it, but it's true. Uh, <laughs> so I, that that struck me. I, I You had that same enthusiasm on the gram, as the kids like to call it. So I, I, I knew that this was uh, territory we had to cover. Was this the highlight of the eating uh, side of, of the of the journey? It was really good. I also it was just because it's like my it's like my favorite thing in London in it's terms your spot. of eating. It's my so, spot. Yeah, okay. yeah. But we also you know I don't love Indian food, but I want to love Indian food. So we went to a place called Gunpowder, which is like modern Indian in that in like small plates, very trendy. You know, I have such mixed emotions about the proliferation of small plates and like just like assuming that you're going to share everything. That said. Gunpowder was very good. It was in Shoreditch. Modern Indian cuisine, excellent. I tried to go to Dishoom, but the wait was like way too long. Um, and yeah, it was great. Check it out. That was probably the other like really good meal. And then I had a couple great pub meals. I don't know. Like England's not known for great food, but London has great food now. It really does. World world class city. Know, yeah, no, and right over the last decade, uh, longer than that, fifteen years or so, the um, reputation has been rehabilitated, and there have been some landmark. Restaurants, maybe it's like twenty years going on now. Yeah. Um, and I also, in this intervening moment, you know, we talked about the Indian food uh, and your, you know, love hate relationship with it. Um, we had a, a, a reach out from one of the hungry homies who introduced us to his mother, uh, and we are going to have on the on our show uh, the author of uh, a, a beautiful new cookbook called Deepa's Secrets, Deepa Thomas. And she um, has a style of Indian cooking called slow carb, oh. uh, which I can't wait to. But she she won the James Beard uh, a James Beard Award this year for her this cookbook. It's her very first cookbook. So we're gonna try and, and help you and I. You're gonna sit. We you have to participate of in this course. conversation. Yes, I'd love to. We're both gonna explore this this Indian food uh, idea with Deepa Deepa's secrets. So pretty good, right? Yeah, absolutely. That's great news. That's gonna be fun. That's good. That'll be a good one. How exciting. I can't wait. Yeah. All right, Hal, should I read the news? Yeah, so speaking of exciting and can't wait, let's talk about some news. <laughs> let's start with a story from Europe since I was just there. This is from Food and Wine. And yes. the, the headline, fries in Belgium, France, and the UK expected to be an inch shorter this season. Insert dick joke. Okay. <laughs> Sorry. I, just, I mean, you know me. You, that's the you first, know me. <laughs> that's the first thing I thought Come of. Come on. <laughs> right? Of course. Yeah. Duh. Duh. Okay. Food and Wine says, this fall, if you happen to find yourself across the pond or traveling around the continent, as they say, don't be surprised if your order of pommes frites or fish and chips falls short of your expectations. More dick jokes. In the next few months, potato fans in Belgium, France, and the UK can expect a potato shortage to curb the size and shape of their fries. However, the shortage is less about low potato haul and more so about the lackluster growth of the potatoes themselves as Belgian potato growers report smaller spuds due to an unusually hot and dry summer. The result of that poor growing season could see Belgium's signature street food shrinking by an average of about three centimeters compared to the usual shrinkage, shrinkage, <laughs> roughly three inch length. The potato spear usually wield. Um, yeah, I mean, we just had to read, read through this for the, for the implicit jokes and, uh, yes, and, and climate change is real. I mean, you know, London had like a beautiful summer. I was visiting uh, one of my friends who lives there and she was like, yeah, I don't know what people are talking about with the bad weather. It was like a really nice summer. Climate change is real and it's coming for your French fries. I just wonder if um, the economics must, it must be the case that like Belgium, 
has uh, n- no tradition of importing potatoes, that they um, have been accustomed to growing their own potatoes because of the the love affair with the frit and and that, you know, the long-established outstanding tradition they have of, of the frit as their uh, street food. Sure. Um, it must be the case they have no mechanism to bring in hardier-sized potatoes because, you know, here in America, there's no— <laughs> You're never going to have potatoes a, a don't short sh- potato. No shrinkage of potatoes here? No shrinkage, no. <laughs> and I think there's also like a variety thing. Uh, we grow a lot of different kinds of potatoes here. I oh, wonder yeah. if, if the Belgian frit um, is a particular kind of potato, and that potato was especially susceptible to these tough weather conditions. I, I'm not ready to do a deep dive on the Belgian frit potatoes, but that's just my my curiosity. Yeah, interesting. I, I'll look into it as well. Um, I will say my favorite kind of potatoes are not the ones that usually are used for, for frit. Like, I like the smaller red ones, the Yukon Golds. They're like the sweeter potatoes, basically. Yeah, I'm with you. The Yukon Gold is uh, at the very top of my list because that makes a beautiful smashed potato. Oh, which absolutely! Is one of my favorite ways that 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 crisp that you can get that salty, crunchy outside and the creamier inside, um, and it's still you know it's it's a size that 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 allows for single single bite if you're if you're a big mouth like I am, yeah. um, and and or or you can bite it in half and have two two delicious morsels that way. But Yukon Gold. Uh, big ups, big ups to the to the YG. Agreed. <laughs> All right, next house. This is a this is a fast food story. Can't do a food news without fast food. Um, this is from CNBC, and it's big. The parent company of Arby's and Buffalo Wild Wings is acquiring burger chain Sonic in a deal valued at two point three billion dollars. The company's announced last or yesterday on Tuesday. Sonic shareholders will receive $43.50 per share in cash, which is a 19% premium to Sonic's Monday close. That's a lot. I wish I had Sonic stock. <laughs> the I'm with you. Stock exactly. More than, 20% premium. Yes. That's crazy. I'm in. Kidding? The company's stock rose more than 18% Tuesday, hitting an all-time high of $44.87 per share. Majority owned by private equity firm Rourke, Inspire Brands was formed in February after Arby's acquired BW3s. Inspire has wanted to build out its portfolio of restaurants with the addition of Sonic. The company will operate more than 8,000 restaurants and have combined system sales in excess of $12 billion. House, how do you feel about Sonic as a fast food chain? Yeah, so um, I, I I don't mind being candid on this show. I think the the taste buds demi- demand it. I think Sonic sucks. I think it's... Um, I, I've only had one Sonic experience and it was truly putrid. It was just disgusting. And I will never forget it. I was driving back to San Francisco from Lake Tahoe and like the inside of the store was so disgusting. Like walking inside was like just like walking into like some kind of natural disaster, but like worse because it was smelly and dirty and the food was not good. I felt very sick for the last leg of my trek back to San Francisco. So the problem um, and and it might be the case that that my experience is similar to yours. I wonder if you know we're, you and I it's pr- we're pretty well established. We're city peeps. We we're, we 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 are city dwellers. We have uh, we're coastal. We might be coastal elites. I don't. I wonder where the good Sonics are. You know yeah. what I mean? Yeah. I mean they have thirty five hundred like, locations. Thirty five hundred. Exactly. Crazy. So that. And they make a lot of money. I mean, it's a it's a drive-in restaurant with a with a big menu. Those limeades and you know hot dogs and cheese fries. That's all. Ha- it has a place. It has an appeal, but it can't be 
an experience like what you just described or what I have my own self encountered, which is a similar kind of thing. Um, lackluster effort by the folks at, at the joint. Like I need high enthusiasm and it needs to be clean for me to go in the direction of, of their um, menu offering. Uh, because the, you know, it, it, it's kind of, uh, I don't know what's the polite way to call it trash food. I don't know what the polite way to say it is. <laughs> it's, it's like, you know, movie theater food, right? Like you're not, there's, there's, you're going in there just to indulge it's cheese fries and hot dogs and, and, uh, and limeade, uh, you know, frozen slushy kind of stuff that, which is fine. That, that has a place. I'm not knocking it. I would never judge uh, a hungry homie for enjoying it, but maybe there's something at Sonic that I'm supposed to get. Um, that I'm not aware of. Is there a is there a traditional like is there a Sonic burger that's supposed to be the thing to get? I think it's a bad sign when your most famous item is the limeade. That's not good. But that really is the thing that yes. I associate with it. Me too. Absolutely. I think I got tater okay. tots and they were gross. I don't know. And I, tater tots. How do you mess that up? I'm with you. Tater tots are are a perfect food. They they seem uh, uh, unmess upable. Agreed. Um, okay. Well, well, we're skeptical, but good luck to this company and to all the shareholders. Shout out to you. You're really lucky. Sell your stock now. Yeah, exactly. Um, next and last, I was out of the country for this, but I got a push notification. The Cleveland Browns won, and that means free beer. <laughs> this is from the one and only Darren Rovell of ESPN.com. Uh, Cleveland Browns fans in at least 10 bars across Ohio received free beer on September 21st that was, or September 20th, Thursday, as team snapped a ni- the team snapped a 19-game winless streak beating the Jets. Beer was locked inside fridges that were opened by a master control when the Baker Mayfield-led Browns took down the Jets at home for their first victory since December 2016, a span of 635 days. At least 200 Bud Light cans were in each fridge. And so the crucial information here that you want to talk about is that it was opened by a master control. What impressive technology. See, this is the thing. This is why America is the best country in the world. Somehow... The technology, I mean, of all of the challenges in life that we confront in, in daily life, first of all, this concept is is brilliant. I'd love to get with with the Bud Light marketing people. Um, I find this this innovation, this thoughtfulness in terms of uh, honing in on a fan group and 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 figuring out a way to kind of galvanize that that moment and create for for them. This this terrific uh, unveiling, this unleashing, all of the pent up emotion of a win for the Cleveland Browns is now associated with access to all this this beer that is exactly how you want to experience the the win. It's how you want to celebrate the win. Kudos to the Bud Light, whoever on that Bud Light marketing team came up with this idea, and then they take it to a whole nother level. It's locked. You, there's a chain around the thing that that that's keeping you out, and and you don't get access until they unlock it. And somewhere in America, they're sitting with a master lock, and they they they. Uh, it wasn't until the clock struck zero, and it was within a minute. I saw some of the YouTubes of this. Inside of 60 seconds, the locks dropped, the, the chains fell, and the the beers were freed, and Cleveland was freed from its long, you know, two-year malaise of, of no victories. It's just incredible. It really is amazing. So the fridges 
were built or like at least supplied by Anheuser-Busch, which owns Bud Light. And I mean, what a coup for them to get, to get Baker Mayfield to say dilly dilly. I mean, he probably just didn't No one he just had to tell him like that. That is like synonymous with watching football, the dilly dilly thing. And then um, they like these fridges are called they They call the Bud Light calls them victory fridges. And they were equipped with like a smart technology. So smart. Yeah. And they. Yeah. So yeah. Good. And it says in this random story I found, it said that they were powered by the Buddy fridge smart technology. So like, this is something that Bud Light put a lot of thought into. And it paid off because what a great moment in the history of both sports and beer. It seems like uh, it ought to be repeatable. Who who else is out there without any wins? I mean, actually, I guess it doesn't have to be um, associated with a losing streak. A- any kind of momentous sporting achievement, but I- I- I'm not sure what it would be. I, I have to. I know. I have to ponder it a little bit. This was the most ignominious. I mean, streak. here in Washington, they could do it if if the if the almost bullets won fifty games, which they haven't <laughs> done in forty eight years or forty over forty years. That would be neat. Fifty That's, games would get some Bud Lights. I'd be in on that. It's kind of pathetic they haven't been able to, given given the weakness of that conference in the last three years and the <laughs> fact they have John freaking Wall. <laughs> oh my God! It makes me sad. I'm sorry, it House. Makes me sad. I don't think this year's going to be the year either. No, I don't think so either. Dwight's already complaining about a sore back. Uh, yeah, it's not great. Not doesn't seem like it was a great offseason for him. But who knows? Yeah, I mean, I think also like they should just like sell these and then like I, I don't know like some kind of if I was like on the Biggest Loser or something like that or a producer of it, I would oh, think I, like I would think about how we could incorporate these kinds of fridges. Although, I mean, the biggest losers are even proven to be like a very bad way to lose weight and unsustainable. But like so this would contribute to it. And food as a reward is probably bad for the weight loss mindset. That said, it would be a good gimmick for a reality show. Well, and it's not food, it's beer. It's true. And, it, and, and it's maybe it's water. It's not beer, it's Bud Light. So out of all the, you know, yeah, it's true. I I like it. There, there's ways we we can read a. We we're can not read done with these this. fridges. This that's what we're saying. We are not. That's it. Keep we, them we around. Need to come up with the next. I'm sure they're all. I bet you know what you uh, you know who I bet is on this. Who? Bud Light. Bud Light. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I bet I bet they're thinking about it. That's what I got for you, House. Thanks for listening to me talk about Adelangi. I love it so much. I'm so happy to to hear you talk about it, and I loved all the Instagrams. Thank you. Uh, and, you know, we'll see if the Hungry Homies have some suggestions for us about what's good at Sonic. Okay. Yeah, hit us up. DMs. I'm going to have an open mind about it. I have an open <laughs> mind. Talk to you next week, House. Thanks, Juliet. Can't wait. All right, my taste buds, we have done it. Another outstanding house of carbs if i may say so myself i hope all of you are now hungry for some french food i know that i am uh hit us on the instagram at the house of carbs with your recommendations for what to get at sonic i'm gonna try and be open-minded about this i appreciate everybody listening we will be back next week i'm gonna be in new york so hopefully we'll have a new york homie with some uh, outstanding uh, New York meal that I will have just had fresh on my brain and maybe on my breath. Until next week, my friends, let's stay hungry out there. (laughs) 